everyone. Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. When you want advice, you go to the people who know the business, and retirement plan marketing is no exception. Rebecca Auerhan talks with Mike Kane of Plan Sponsor Consultants about why advisors need a variety of marketing approaches and the new generation coming into the workforce. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining today's podcast, where we have our special guest feature, Mike Kane. Uh, if you have not heard of Mike Kane, uh, he is a legend in our business and one of the original goats. So please welcome Mike to the show today. And we're going to kick it off with the first question. Mike, I think there's no secret to our listeners here. Uh, as I just mentioned, a uh, a legend and a goat. You've been in this business a long time. And you always, this is something I find so fun in all of our conversations, is you always have some plates spinning with marketing ideas. And they're always new and interesting and different and just 10 steps ahead of what everyone else is thinking about. And you like to take chances. So what I'd like to start it off is to say, Tell us about some of the marketing tactics you've used over the years in your experience that have worked to attract plan sponsor prospects and clients. Well, we go back to we go back in history to uh, 2009. We we uh, began with lead generation, and I say 2009 because that's after many many tries at finding a very responsible and accountable and transparent partner, we found one in 2009. Uh, we probably started more like 2004, but 2009 is when we were like. And then beginning in, uh, two, in, in, in that year, they started setting appointments for us. But also in that same year, uh, I was exposed to a book on how to market in a wired world. And it was at a conference in the Napa Valley I was with a uh, national sales manager for a wholesale fund company, and we were on a red-eye flight back to land from San Francisco, and I told her that I was going to read that book on a plane back and highlight it and take it by my daughter's house on a Sunday, that was Saturday, for her to read the highlighted amounts, and we were going to be discussing that on Monday is our first agenda item. And so 2009, we started, that was the beginning of social media mm -hmm. and uh, joining certain groups that could get us leads like CFO groups, attorneys and accountants groups, certain SHRM groups, HR1, things like that, SHRM Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. So that began kind of the odyssey of looking into it and then we finally, we, we, for two years, we searched for firms that we felt could provide us valuable content for retirement plans. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> that, we could, that, we could, that we could send out to prospective clients or prospects, rather. And we found a firm through one of the conferences we attended that was in North Carolina. So who will remain unnamed. And very honestly, and this is not meant as a plug, but it really is, is that we really didn't find a company over all these years that provided us the kind of valuable retirement plan content 
till we met Rebecca and Sasha and Missy from uh, 401k marketing. And they provide undoubtedly the best retirement playing content, which is really the first step in any kind of digital marketing that you have to have. So we started back there in the, the, the old days and we've migrated. We try to enhance what we're doing every day. We're listening. We're trying to, to figure out if we can do this. And of course, everything you do has to be run through the compliance people. And we had one project that took us 100 hours of compliance time early last year. So having to do with putting quizzes on our email blast that we send out monthly. Mm -hmm. It's a long-winded way of of answering your first question. So I guess this is probably going to take about four hours for this podcast. (laughs) Everyone buckle in. Here we go. Uh, So it sounds like you started with cold calling as kind of the first thing. Then it was uh, social media. Centers of influence through groups and outreach and uh, actual events that you attended. And now it's migrated to towards more content marketing, emails, quizzes. Go ahead. But, but, in e- but beginning in 2011, with the first vendor, we began developing email marketing. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably five years later, with the addition of new folks onto our team, we got up to eight different databases, which was difficult to manage. And Salesforce has been, had been our CRM. And so uh, we paid a bunch of money, I think it was 2015, to integrate these databases. Yeah. So anyway, uh, monthly email marketing featuring 401k marketing materials going out. So one of the one of the other things that uh, along this journey that we learned was, and I asked you about it, Rebecca, was I would go to a website, say like Brooks Brothers, and what I noticed is the Brooks Brothers ads found me or followed me around on my browser for some period of time. I'll say thirty to sixty days, and and I I remember in one of our discussions I said. What is going on? And then years started following me around. (laughs) Oh, that's retargeting. So we started, we probably did retargeting for four years. Mm -hmm. And that that was a great way to even get more exposure in a marketplace. We, We did that. And we stopped doing that about a year ago. But that was fun because everybody, you know, said, good, you followed me around everywhere. I said, that's the idea. You're you're a wholesaler, so it doesn't count. We really just want retirement plan prospects. Uh, But uh, you got noticed and then it brought up a conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It all works together. Uh, So if you have great content on your website and then think of how many things today that grab our attention, we go on the website, we're reading a blog, all of a sudden we get an email or a text and our attention's diverted. But then when you have that retargeting image that follows you around on the internet, everywhere you go, you go, oh, right. I was, I was doing that. I was on plantsponsorconsultants.com and I, I was reading that article and I wanted to finish that. I'm going to go, you know what? Maybe I'll just set up a conversation with Mike and that'll be easier. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. 
<laughs> so and and uh, Addie deserves all the credit. Addie George is as um, you know, Rebecca is my daughter. Has been working with me for twelve plus years. Uh, she's really the brains behind the outfit. I just listen to what she tells me to do. <laughs> she's the tech guru. <laughs> I love it. The power team over there. Right. Right. Well, I have another question. As you think about when you started this and you were doing cold calling, and then again, we went through social media. We weren't actually doing a cold calling. We, we had a company doing a cold calling and actually presented it as they were plan sponsor consultants. So they would set the, uh, excuse us while the ceiling falls. <laughs> they would set us a plan sponsor consultants to set the appointments. Gotcha. 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 Well, you know, when back uh, thinking about the way that we as people are comfortable receiving new information, it's changed. The way that plan sponsor attitudes have changed, like how you reach out to them, what works, what doesn't work. I remember uh, Mike and Eddie, you were telling us a story about how once you send an email campaign, you have, and correct me if I, I misremember this, but it was something like five minutes to follow up with them. Like it was an, they opened your email campaign, they read your content, and then it was a a five minute lightning fast to get in front of them. Um, So if you can kind of talk to us about the evolution of how you've had to change, adjust your marketing strategy to be able to. Yeah. And there's a lot of different things. We We also did a seminar called Breakfast with Benefits that we developed all the content for from 2010 to 2016, we did 26 of them. So we uh, we held them at the Reds Carlton in Atlanta in Buckhead area, which has now been renamed the Whitley Hotel. But we did that, and we had it was one of like the law of diminishing returns. It started off fabulously, and for four or five years, it was great. And then we get less and less people were attending and that type of thing. So we cut it out. So that was another means of communicating with folks. And and I guess most recently we've, we've developed podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have our own podcast uh, that we've been. And uh, I would also say that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we became involved with Extreme Larksburg, not to mm-hmm. plug any any uh, vendors, but good company. they have a great, great, and these guys, they're Ukrainian, so we want to support the Ukrainians these days. So they have a fabulous software system that permits us to identify fiduciary red flags and retirement plans. Mm-hmm. And they really have become the basis for a whole in uh, different email campaign that we conduct, which is much more targeted to plans. And it pr- provides us a very quick way to analyze the plan from a fiduciary standpoint. They provide us a uh, menu of emails to be used, but as importantly as anything, they develop the concept of the quizzes, which is a marketing genius that you are, Rebecca, you know, the importance of these quizzes. So uh, that whole odyssey, that was the one that took us about a hundred hours of compliance to get through mm. and figure it out. Okay. The other thing. And what Addie has also done is we've got the curated content in the library. Mm-hmm. So as we're doing the, uh, the social media blast and we're doing the emails, all those are, are listed basically alphabetically or, or by topic, I guess, in the, uh, in the library. So yeah. not, only, not only 
clients but prospects can use it. So we get a lot of traction from the website with people going on there and leaving their footprints. Yes, that's that segmentating segmentating your list is so important to figure out what topics folks are interested in. Right. And what interestingly enough about that, it's funny you say that, is because the three most popular topics, and and I would say the uh, in order would be financial wellness, mm-hmm. cyber security, mm-hmm. and that's been really big for about three years now. Yep. And last but not least, as has been uh, fiduciary, fiduciary is always there. Even though fiduciary fees have long since not been the, net, the main thing, they still scare the H out of people, especially with the tsunami lawsuits that's out there. Yeah, that's a great segue with the number one topic being financial wellness. And I know it's something that's near and dear to to both of your missions in this business. So how has plan sponsors, when you first approach them about financial wellness, how has that changed over the years? And they've softened to the idea of, yeah, we we actually need to do this for our employees. And, uh, you know, I've talked about talked about it for a long time. We've been, we've been We've been doing it since 2013, so we've had a lot of experience in it, and we've spoken throughout the industry on it and written on it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I would, I would say that um, the, the amount of press and the amount of media and amount of communications that's transpired has helped elevate the case for financial wellness. I don't think you'd find if you, you had a focus group of, a, of 100 people and running companies is you ask them if they had an interest. You get a hundred out of a hundred would it say yes. But I would still say that the ones that implement it are about 48% of that hundred. And and those are the ones, very honestly, that have a paternalistic attitude towards their employees and or are have been big boosters of health wellness. Okay, because there's parallels, of course, with the health and the wealth. And most people nowadays recognize, and this has been a journey, not a destiny, mm-hmm. recognize that health, well, <laughs> health wellness or physical wellness or whatever we're going to call it doesn't cover financial stress. And financial stress impacts a very high percentage of their, of their employees and to a large degree, those employees making less than, say, $75,000 a year have overwhelming stress in which it impacts their productivity, their absenteeism, et cetera. So it's a big topic. I find people are more open to it. But yet the ones that take that step to let's execute are less than half. Wow. Interesting. Yes. And I also would say that one of the things I think people understand about financial wellness, and this is the sophistication of the marketplace. There were a lot of advisors out there say, oh, I do that. But it really was just financial education. Mm-hmm. And, and there always is some type of survey, some type of assessment that is the key to this, to finding out what the needs that financial needs of that workplace workforce are to be able to implement the program. And the implementation of a program is another key to the success of this thing and the long-term use of it, not just for a year or two. That makes sense. You got to have a process around it. Everything's evolved and we've tried to evolve with it. 
Yeah. So a once a year meeting does not constitute financial wellness. No, it does not. It does not. <clears throat> well, let's open up this, the conversation. And if you could give some advice to financial advisors today, what are some of the marketing opportunities that you see that they could implement within their practice to, to gain more notoriety? Well, first of all, you could just, you could go on LinkedIn and there are some really cool outfits for uh, folks that are out there doing some really cool things. And uh, one of them in your backyard there in California, you know, Mr. Carlson with his retireholics. Judy, he's great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay. And so there, there's some really cool stuff that's out there that, that we see. And, but what I also would say is it to, as in what, as a, as a point of advice to people is don't get so enamored with your face and your videos that you're creating on social media that you don't measure the effect of that in terms of business in a front door, because you can get, you can feel real good about everything you're doing, but if it's not resulting in sales, then I'd be rethinking the whole thing. So, and that, and that's the challenge. It's not being a pretty face on the media like Rebecca. It's making sure that that, that means there's new clients coming in to the fold, right? Yeah, and that, how, how do you translate that? You got to have results. Yeah, you got to have results. You got to be thinking about new and, and interesting things that, that are going to help you get pay for this that, of what you're doing. That makes sense. Yeah. So if you produce a piece of content, you have to make sure it's value in the content. It can't just be talking for the sake of air. It actually has to have substance behind it. No, and that's, and that's, uh, and again, the basis, I would say the nucleus, the core of everything we've done is what you guys produce at 401k marketing. If we didn't have you, we would be, our, we would not be where we are today in terms of the digital marketing effort that we have. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And by the way, we always track results. Like that's part of yeah. what we do. We stress test everything. We do A-B testing, SEO testing, email lines, make sure we have high scores um, so that way when you use it, it actually produces real tangible business practices. And, and by the way, when a prospect, we measure clicks more than we do uh, openings because now with Apple and everything, mm -hmm. you know, give you a false positive, sort of like COVID, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, you, you measure the clicks. And so we see people clicking repeatedly. Uh, when we have a conversation with them, what's really cool is you can open up that conversation by being able to say to them, You've been repeatedly opening our stuff and hopefully you found it valuable. But as an example, on March the 6th, you open up the uh, one on cybersecurity. You open the next one on financial wellness. And later in May, you open one on this topic and that topic and be able to talk to them exactly about the areas of interest in the topics that they, they have an interest in. Mm -hmm. it's, that, that is fabulous to be able to have that kind of research and everything. And of course, our database, the the the, the combining of the databases and our and and being able to maintain this email database of 7500 retirement plans 
has been been going on since about 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And we have a very low unsubscribe rate, two or three a month, maybe unsubscribed. Great. And what's the beauty of that is once you have a good database is when someone leaves and usually we get around 35 people retiring to 40 at the end of the year, they always leave. And my replacement is Jane Smith. She's the new CFO and here's her email and here's her cell phone number and her telephone number. Thank you. So all that, and all you do is you just put that into the system and take the other one out. Hmm. That's so, a nice, nice little, nice little uh, holiday presents there at the end of the oh, year. Yeah. yeah Collecting wonderful. presents. It's, wonderful. And it's like clockwork. And the other time people are retired seems is the end of June, but not, hmm. as many, not as many. So the two kind of areas of the year that most folks actually yeah. say I'm retired yeah. is June or the holidays. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy the summer or start the year afresh. Yeah. So one of the newest twists that we're going to have starting in May is we're going to be part of TRAL. Oh, that's great. In Atlanta. And we're going to, of course, integrate that with everything that Fred Barnstein does. Yeah. Dan Hall. And, uh, you know, we're going to be a speaker at their, their session here in Atlanta that we're holding in conjunction with Georgia State University. Great. It's a good program. Urban University. Yeah. So we think that that's the next step of the call to action, Mm -hmm. uh, integrating it with the digital marketing. And you'll be one of the first to since people are now only beginning to come back into face-to-face environments. And I think a lot of folks are clamoring to get that personal faith, you know, human relationship again. And so people will be very interested in attending a classroom setting, which has proven that people are more awake and alert in classroom settings. And then when the peer-to-peer sharing, which happens at part of the trial events, part of adult education, it's excellent. So that's so great that you're going to be implementing that too. Cool. Well, uh, last question for today. And uh, I guess we'll go with this one. If you had a crystal ball and you were Looking ahead 10 years from now, what do you think the retirement plan industry looks like? Well, consolidation continues, both among record keepers and among advisors and even among teams. Okay. So aggregators of teams might be aggregated themselves in the bigger teams. So I see that happening. And what I would also say, and I've said this in a couple other podcasts, that as a single advisor or a small group of advisors that are out there, you can continue to do this on your own, but you're better to be exploring opportunities, even if you don't do anything, about being part of a larger organization because if you run up against them in competition, it's you against David against Goliath. And a lot of times people perceive that the Goliath has more resources to offer than the individual, which may or may not be true with the way we can access resources these days, you know, digitally. Mm-hmm. So. Great. All right. Well, Mike, any other last final words? Um, before we close out today's podcast. 
Yep. And what I would also, one, one last comment too, and it's kind of an adjunct that Addie pointed out, is with regards to financial wellness, the record keepers have the data. The record keepers are the maintainers of the data. And all the large ones have made efforts in the past several years. And those efforts are getting more and more sophisticated. So I think there's a challenge out there for the vendors that have existed successfully. Mm-hmm. And you may even see some consolidation, continued consolidation there too. So I think we're moving more towards that personalized ex- financial wellness experience. And I hate to call it this, but the Amazon financial wellness where yeah. each data point is really analyzed and then the result is customized education based on where you are within your life stage and what are you what help do you need to achieve whatever that financial goal is. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well Mike, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Addie, great seeing you. Thank you both so much for joining today's podcast. Yes. Thank please. you, Rebecca. I appreciate pleasure. it. Pleasure's all ours. For more marketing insights, follow this podcast and share with colleagues. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k marketing podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.